<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Fill her up. You're listening to the Cash Digital Network. Welcome to another episode of Without a Country. It is our second episode of the new year, 2024. Hope you are all having a good one. Uh, It does seem like many people's New Year's resolution uh, was to be worse um, in the new year. So congratulations if you are effectively worse. That's great. Um... All right. This is is this good? Is this good? I know I know I watch these episodes back and I there's a lot of movement on my end. A lot of it is my uh OCD. There's a lot of shit f- to adjust and touch. Um but also this is just very uh it, it doesn't move e- as easily as I want it to move. So also that cuz I need I need the frame so that you can see my lipstick, right? What's the point of wearing a good lip color if the microphone covers it? A lip color that complements the outfit. You know, guys, these are the things that I think about on top of, you know, terrorism, etc. Anyway, okay, so we're getting into it. Uh, first off, I just want to bring to the table, if you, by chance, have a crush on someone that you don't want to have, this is for a, if you have a crush on a heterosexual man, um, I just thought of this now. I was inspired by some of the content here at the studio. If that man has done a podcast episode or has his podcast and you need to, the, the way to cure your crush on that man, and I have actually used this tactic myself, is to listen to his appearance on the podcast, right? Because I would say nine times out of 10, you're going to listen to a heterosexual man do an appearance on a podcast and you're not going to want to have sex with that man anymore. Um, but if he, he does do a, an appearance on a podcast and you still want to fuck him, well, then my my gal, I think you've found the one. So that's just a quick tip, really more of a guys we fuck tip. But again, I was inspired uh, being in this mostly uh, male podcasting studio, Gas Digital, such a such a uh, always a pleasure to be a part of the team here at Gas Digital. Um, all right, uh, my enemy the estate uh, this week is I don't know the 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 guy who just tried to 
offer me $3,000 to be on the Mac G podcast and was a scammer from India. I guess that's Enemy my of the state. This is a first of all, had this been sent directly to me, I just want to go on the record and state that I would not have fallen for it. But it came through my management, right? And like, that's why you have a team because it's a fucking filter. And so this, first of all, I got this like request in December and I go and I look up Mac G. I go, why the fuck would this guy want me on his I have nothing to do with seemingly anything that he talks about I don't, his his fan base wouldn't be interested in me like he's a big deal but like why the fuck would he want me on the show and so my first I I, I immediately, immediately smelled fish my first thought however was that he wanted to have a racially charged conversation and kind of uh trap me that way right because a lot that's happened many times before I was like it's a little late in the game um for that uh but I, I thought so and then you know my team did some research and they're like no they're like he wouldn't try to get you canceled because he's gotten in trouble for saying a lot of homophobic things so you could just cancel him back I go nice great I'm glad I'm glad this is uh information is readily available um and uh, and and so I was like, okay, well, maybe he just kind of wants to have, you know, this like, you know, this like woke person gone rogue conversation, which is another reason that I'm commonly asked to do podcasts. And I was like, all right, I would never have considered myself woke, but liberal gone ro- rogue, uh, you know, thing. Definitely other people have described me as woke. That is, I would never describe myself as that, though. Liberal gone rogue, though. Um, and so uh, I was like, Okay, I I guess so. And uh it gets like going back and forth and then I again I'm like looking up I'm like this this feels, you know, it feels like too much money to do a podcast appearance, but it is always the stupidest things in this business that you will get paid the most amount of money for. I will say that. And then I uh, I had to do like a pre a pre-record call today via Zoom, which is a very normal ask for podcasts or, you know, promotional things for Facebook Lives, all that kind of stuff. So I sign on and it's a guy who sounds like he's like back in the day, literally America Online tech support. Like some most of you are too young to even know what it was like calling them, but it was that's what it sounded like. It's something like someone I'm calling someone from like America Online tech support. And they're not showing their face on the Zoom call. Which again, that's happened with producers in the past. So none of this is really weird. But I'm like, eh, just everything, every step along the way, I'm just like, what is happening here? Uh, and then they were trying to like get access to like my, my Facebook management, and I, and I just like signed off this call and I texted my manager. I was like, I'm this, I'm 99% sure this is a scam. And I was like, give me a second. I did a little research, and it was uh, there was a article. All you know, with screenshots from Mac G's Instagram being like, yeah, there's like a scam going around where they try to access that. And I and then I show up at the studio and it happened to one of the other podcaster uh, podcasters here who is more well known than me. Um, so uh, just a heads up, if anyone gets this email, it is 100 percent fake. It also goes right back into my thing, my my like intuition that like anything that seems too good to be true is like if someone offers you to make it three thousand dollars in an hour and it's not really wild sex work I would guess it's probably and and you are not of a level of fame that that I mean three thousand dollars for an hour again like it didn't sound crazy because it is the stupidest things um 
but uh, not common, that's for sure, especially not for a popular podcast. It's the unpopular podcasts that have to pay $3,000. The popular ones don't have to pay anything because they're just getting people who want free press. I think that was the giveaway. If it was a podcast I had never heard of before who was offering $3,000, now we're cooking with fire because that to me says rich person who got rich in something else, most likely like tech or finance. And but they that's not what they really wanted to do with their life. They really wanted to, um, you know, be in the entertainment business. So they made money in the thing that they're actually good at. And then they're going to live out their fame dreams by paying their way into it. That that's the scam. OK, so you couldn't scam this Jew. Um that's a shout out to a segment on another show. Um, but you, that is an idea for a better scam. Because I said to my manager, I, I go, I got to be honest, I have some notes on his scam. Do you think that I should reply and, and give him these notes? Another note that was that he said that um, he was going, it was a collab between Mac G and Prada. That's the one that was like the the last straw for me. Because I was like, that's just those, that, that Mac G and Prada, like, these are not two brands that, make sense for a collaboration like make it make sense guys if you're gonna do a scam you have to make all the parts of the scam make sense so I guess that's my enemy the state is people who are trying to scam but they're not you didn't think the whole scam through you know I will say the acting was good though as someone who has been in on many pre-podcast guest zoom calls he there, there was a lot of good acting happening I would say you should probably learn how to say my name correctly. But again, no, many people who were legit haven't bothered in the past. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and, then, and then so many people like so many like random influencers and stuff online were commenting on the on the post and they were like, oh, yeah, I got that email too. Crazy. Um, but again, just if you don't have a team to, I guess, not filter it for you, then just beware of that. And again, anything that sounds too good to be true, they're asking for access to your shit. No way, Jose. Um, cause I'm into, I talked about getting uh, banned bo or books to prison last week as the cause I'm interested in right now. And a wacko did write me in. Uh, shout out to Brianna. She said that she listened to last week's episode and heard me talk about books for incarcerated individuals. She said a group at my law school ran a drive and accepted donations for the Prisoner's Literature Prada, uh, Project. This organization is local to the San Francisco Bay Area and has a vol volunteer opportunities as well. So if you're in the San Francisco Bay Area and you want to lend your time, which is always a good thing. I think throughout our life, we will go through different seasons. Um, many times when you're younger, it's time you can donate. And when you're older, it's a lot of times money that you can donate or spotlight certain things or a mixture of all the three of those things. Uh, so, you know, always try to be doing one of them, I would recommend, not necessarily for the Prisoner's Literature Project, project for whatever sparks a fire in your soul. Um, and so this is prisonlit.org and you can donate funds, uh, and, or donate, uh, volunteer your time. And it has a link to do both of those things right on the landing page on the right side above the yellow donate button. Um, and I think that's really cool. Uh, and again, 
do a little more research, I guess, just to make sure. But I mean, I'm guessing if it's a whole organization uh, dedicated to getting books to incarcerated individuals, that they know the protocol better than us. Uh, but that is the main thing. Um Oh, and then they have some letters, uh, it looks like, from incarcerated individuals thanking them for that. Because, uh, again, I mean, just you, wanna, you want incarcerated folks to leave better than they went in. You don't want them to come out and then, like, they're mentally unstable because they didn't use their brain for 10 years because they were robbed of the chance to better themselves or educate themselves further while they were in prison. Like, I just don't really understand the logic here with why we are, you know, under the guise of keeping drugs or like paraphernalia out of that. That's not the reason. I, th I think it's like we relish in torturing people. Like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. Um, all right, so that's that. Uh, next is our, uh, I'm going to do a main story first just because I was so fucking excited for this to come out last week, uh, the Epstein paperwork. Uh, obviously, we heard uh, Cameron Diaz was, uh, was, was listed and she made her uh, little you know, speech about it. Mm. The thing is, though, we knew that a ton of famous individuals were going to end up on these documents, and that doesn't mean that they necessarily did anything wrong. Again, unfortunately, uh, in the entertainment business, you're going to be constantly rubbing elbows with people who are evil. And like to get through, especially to the level of someone as famous as Cameron Diaz, to get to that level without ever having um, spent time or broken bread with an evil person, I would say is a pretty much an impossibility. Whether or not she knew that these people were doing bad things I, that I cannot speak to. But I think there are many people uh, on your way up that you will meet and maybe you'll have a little a weird feeling about them. Maybe you'll hear a story about them. Maybe you'll know the bad things they're doing. It, I can't speak to the level that she knew, but like, you know, you're going to break bread with really bad people. Uh, so this is the uh, liberal take from NBCNews.com. Last batch of unsealed Jeffrey Epstein documents released. Hundreds of pages of documents were made public over the past week related to the wealthy financier and a sex trafficking scheme he allegedly perpetrated before his death. I know we have to say allegedly, but uh, pretty certain. Another round of documents involving accused sex trafficker Jeffrey Epstein was released today, expected to be the last of the materials that were ordered unsealed by a federal judge as part of a settled lawsuit. In total, 4,553 pages of documents were made public, and they included the names of more than 150 people connected to or mentioned in legal proceedings related to Epstein and his network, which allegedly centered on paying teenage girls and young women to engage in sexual acts with the wealthy financier and other powerful men under the guise of massage therapy. Oh, babies first learn that a massage doesn't mean a massage when it involves... Uh, you guessed it, a straight man. The first batch of documents was released publicly last Wednesday. The identities scattered across hundreds of pages were largely known from previous public documents and interviews. One reason why U.S. District Judge Loretta Preska approved their disclosure, and many had only a passing connection to the scandal and were not part of any criminal investigation. The alleged minor victims of Epstein were allowed to remain confidential. 
Yeah. I mean, this is why also on you know on twitter a lot of times someone will like post a picture of a bad guy with someone who a lot of people think is a good guy and they'll be like oh here are the receipts it's like if you don't fucking do a background check on everyone that you're taking a fucking photo with like when you are a famous person you take pictures with other famous people and you take pictures with non-famous you basically take pictures with anyone who asks unless in that immediate moment, you can you smell a reason not to. Like, that's just what being famous is. So this is not a gotcha moment. If you have a picture with Harvey Weinstein or Jeffrey Epstein, if you have multiple pictures over the years, if you are friends, if you are consistently at dinner together and vacationing together, well, that's a different story. But if you're at some fucking foofy, fancy, rich person event and you take a picture with, you know, a group of four or five people with their arms around each other and one of them happens to be a sex trafficker, I got to be honest, that does not, that's not a gotcha moment for Twitter, like the way all these, uh, you know, fake V for Vendetta mask accounts think they are. The identities scattered across hundreds of pages were largely known from previous public documents and interviews. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Uh, I think I just read this, but one reason why U.S. District Judge Loretta Preska approved their disclosure and many only had a passing connection. Uh, we're not part of the criminal investigation. The alleged minor victims of Epstein were allowed to remain confidential. The newly released documents are part of a settled defamation lawsuit against Epstein confidant uh, Ghislaine Maxwell by Virginia Robert uh, Jufrey, we, we did that last week, um, who said she was a victim of sex trafficking and abuse under Epstein when she was a teenager in the early 2000s. Jufrey's suit was settled out of court in 2017. And while some records have been released over the years, other materials were kept sealed or had names redacted in part because of privacy concerns. In the final batch of documents released and unsealed today, Jufrey said Epstein paid her $15,000 to have sex with Britain's Prince Andrew in 2011. Not enough. Let me pull up a picture of this dude again. Prince Andrew, because he's not a looker. Yeah. Nah, 15,000 isn't enough for that. I would say we have to do at least double that, at least 30,000. Um, for that for that face. To um, be fair, 3,000 gets you an hour of your time on podcasting. You think this guy's lasted more than five minutes? It's not, a, it's not about... It's not... A, when someone is inserting their penis into you, every moment is a lifetime, Michael. <laughs> every moment is a lifetime. Do you know how many podcasts I would do if I could take away sex with like three to five people on my roster? I would... I would do a podcast marathon. I would do a 24-hour Keith and the Girl podcast marathon <laughs> myself if I could undo several minutes of sex with three to five people on my roster. That's a Corinne Fisher guarantee. I can't name them because several of them are um, not working comedians. Um, and by that, I mean comedians who are not working, not not comedians. Oh, they're comedians, all right, but they're not working. They're comedians to their friends and family. Um, let's see. Prince Andrew has repeatedly denied they had sex after also denying that he ever met her. That's my favorite one. The, they, 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 they never can just say I never had sex. They always go straight for the never met her. That's and I think that's date. That's dangerous. If you committed a sex crime uh, on someone, don't don't go again. This is uh, this. This episode is all about me 
giving tips to help evil people who didn't really think the whole thing through. Okay, that's the theme of this episode. And to Prince Andrew, I say, don't go with the never met her. Donald Trump just tried that with uh, who? Eve, the 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 woman who just won a bunch of money from him. What the hell is her name? Eve. Um, and uh, E. Jean Carroll. E. Jean Carroll. Sorry, yes. Eve, Eve is a different person. Uh, e. Jean Carroll. Yeah, Donald Trump just tried the I fucking never met her game with E. Jean Carroll. We, we know you met her. There's so, there's so much gray area between I didn't commit commit hebophilia and and uh, you know and sex trafficking a whole smorgasbord of things and I never met her there's so much gray area there guys um a uh, a U.S. attorney for Andrew declined to comment on Monday. Included in the heavily redacted documents are allegations uh, Jufre was directed to have sex with another prince, the unnamed owner of a large hotel chain, and Glenn Dubin, a billionaire hedge fund manager, according to a transcript. Just like, what is going on that you have to get yourself into this much of a pickle to fucking have sex with people like people like what is going on i want to see yeah this is so fucking weird the whole thing is so weird a spokesperson for dubin in 2019 and again last wednesday said he quote strongly denies these allegations and described them as unsubstantiated statements the final batch contains several documents and is 1500 pages in them jufre says she had sex with retail magnate leslie weiner multiple times an allegation he has vigorously denied jufre also claims she had dinner with former president bill clinton on epstein's Little James Island in the U.S. Virgin Islands, but never witnessed him sexually involved with anyone. Clinton has denied he was ever on the island. I mean, there's a lot of proof that he was. I mean, isn't like records wise, isn't there? Like this scene again, why are we going with the I was never there, I never met her? Like you could, it, it, it makes perfect sense that you would know someone who. Like like Jeffrey Epstein, based on the people and the circles that he hung out with, and again, you can you can go to someone's fucking house and not know that they're a goddamn like murderer or a rapist. You could that's that makes very much sense to me. Um, but this hard, it is so much easier to prove like that you've been someplace or that you know someone. It's much harder to prove like, did you know the crimes that they were committing? Were you involved in those crimes? So why are we going with these hard? I was never there. I didn't know her. She testified that she also met former President Donald Trump, but never witnessed him doing anything untoward. Jufre claimed Al and Tipper Gore were guests on the island, but said they did not engage in any sexual acts and that she did not believe they witnessed any wrongdoing. Al and Tipper Gore did not immediately respond to phone and email requests for comments. Oh, that must have killed them. Those That goody two-shoes couple. Uh, isn't... Wasn't wasn't Tipper Gore? Yeah, she was the one who was really into music censorship. That's her, right? Yeah. What? A, can you imagine? 
it's always these fucking little goody two shoes. And again, listen, I don't, I don't want to say that she knew anything because I, I, I really truly believe from my heart that just because you were there doesn't mean that you knew bad shit was going on. I, I, I believe that. Um, but damn, that would be absolutely hilarious. She's like, I don't like when people say fuck in songs, but I did watch a teen get fucking double teamed by two politicians. Oh, my God. Clinton and Trump were also mentioned in unsealed depositions from Maxwell and an Epstein accuser, Johanna Schoberg, who said Maxwell recruited her as a massage therapist while she attended Palm Beach Atlantic College in 2001 for massage or something else. Why were you at Palm Beach Atlantic College, which doesn't seem sound real? I went there. It's real. You went there like to visit or t- you you were educated at Palm- are you a Palm Beach Atlantic grad? Look, it's essentially community college. But- Phoenix online offline. Okay. That's <laughs> called. The only guy who got that was Shaq. <laughs> it's a real story. Um so wait, what did, what were you studying at Michael at Palm Beach Atlantic College? Uh, communications, obviously. That's why I'm so good at communicating. <laughs> Some of the things they taught you. What do you What do you mean? Like there was a public speaking class. There was a math class. There was like it was a regular like acceptance rate ninety percent. That's I'm, actually lower I'm than I thought. It would. It's that low. I know it's lower than I thought it would be. Average SAT score. Now I'm just being an asshole. Um, oh, honestly, eleven hundred. That's not. I thought it would be like eight fifty. Palm Beach Atlanta. Although the thing is, I think these colleges lie because I've actually never seen uh, in all the schools that I've Googled, I've never even seen anyone ask for under an 1100 or like claim that. Or have you guys, be. Natalie, you're much closer to college age. When you, cause like you, when did you did research for your colleges, that kind of stuff look came up. Yeah. It did. Yeah. But I'm trying to remember what, what it's out of now. Because it's it changed like oh that's right because I was like eleven hundred when I took it was out was out of sixteen hundred but what is the I think it might like be thirty twenty I think it's twenty four oh so eleven hundred's a pretty bad score it's like yeah middle of the road oh okay because I was like eleven hundred out of out of sixteen hundred is like that's fine I think it's one of those things. remember how they used to say like oh how could you fail that you got you know five hundred points for just putting your name down right 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 like, that might be eleven hundred might be the new baseline that you could get on the SATs without being needing special classes, you know? (laughs) Okay. Oh, my God. Wait, one of the questions, commonly Googled questions about Palm Beach Atlantic University is, is it easy to get into? And then... on their website is where it says 90%. On vi- on prepscholar.com, it says the acceptance rate at Palm Beach Uni- Atlantic University is 94.7%. Uh, for every 100 applicants, 95 are admitted. I'm shot still. You st- what did you think it was, 98? <laughs> I thought it would be 100. I didn't know you could get rejected from a community college. Who is? Please, what? please contact the show if you have were rejected from Palm Beach Atlantic University. Where is it in Palm Beach, Florida? Yeah. Okay. But it's one of those things like where it's like you know it'll be like a you know Palm Beach University, but they'll have a campus in you know West Palm Beach, have a campus in Palm Beach, have a campus in Boca. Any place where you can sun yourself and drink. Honestly, I'm here sitting here wishing I went to Palm Beach Atlantic University. I would be shocked if like. I would say five to seven percent of the enrollment at all times is kids who were there uh, because they were in a halfway house in that town. 
Oh, now I'm sad. That's what South Florida is. Oh. Oh, I've heard a lot about South Florida. A lot of a lot of special things that only seem to happen in South Florida, according to people I know. A lot of times I've asked, why are you like this? I'm from South Florida. Oh, okay. That explains nothing. That's what they kind of do, baby. That literally explains nothing. I don't even, I still to this day don't know what that means when people say that to me. Um, in the documents, uh, Unsealed and released Monday, another alleged victim of Epstein's, Sarah Ransom, claimed in emails to a New York Post columnist in 2016 that Trump, Clinton, and others were involved in Epstein's alleged sex trafficking scheme. Ransom recanted the allegations in a follow-up email to the columnist. Ransom later came forward publicly with her accusations against Epstein when she and other victims were invited to speak at a court hearing following his death by suicide in August 2019. Interesting. Attorneys for Ransom did not respond to a request for comment Monday. In response to the release of Ransom's 2016 emails, Trump spokesman Stephen Chung said that these baseless accusations have been fully retracted because they are simply false and have no merit. <laughs> I like that his spokesman kind of talks like him. Trep Trump has previously said he had not been in touch with Epstein for 15 years before his death. And in 2019, he said he was not a fan of Epstein's. Well, then, a Clinton spokesperson did not immediately respond to a request for comment, but the former president had previously denied any knowledge of criminal activity by Epstein and stressed in 2019 that they had not spoken to each other in over a decade. Epstein, who killed himself, they keep saying it. Like, was there, I don't think there was a point to say it two times in the article. Again, smells fishy. Yeah, I mean, NBC just needs to cover their bases. Yeah. Hey, remember this guy. Definitely not taken out. Right. Definitely nothing weird about that, not having security footage for that one part of the prison for three hours. Well, it's so, so strange. It's so funny, though, because it's like they're they're basically using like the racist cop playbook where they're beating the shit out of like a black guy on a traffic stop and their body cam just miraculously went out for that period of time. And so it's interesting to me, especially when like liberal liberals, you know, know that to be true. We fucking march for that because it was so angering. But yet when it comes to someone like this, they're like, oh, no, well, he did. We think he did kill himself. Um, OK. Pick a lane, right? Um, I'm Googling who do we think Jeffrey Epstein was killed by? Okay, let's see. Hey, there responsible wackos over the age of 21 living in states where Delta 8 is legal. Do you want to get high? Do you want to get really high? Do you want to get really super duper legally high still in 2024? Oh, no. Well, then now's the time to go to YoDelta.com where you can stock up on high quality lab tested Delta 8. You guys know this is one of our uh, favorite sponsors here at Without a Country. We've been working with them for a long time. Everyone likes to use this product to disassociate. So why don't you join the gang? You know, if everyone jumped off a ledge, wouldn't you? Is that the saying? I don't really remember it. It's something like that. Uh, but anyway, if you want to disassociate, which is a popular pastime for both January and February, do that. Definitely, uh, whatever you need to keep your keep your brain working to the best of its ability, keep yourself happy, get out of that those winter blues if you live in a cold climate. 
So if you're over the age of 21 and living in the majority of states where this is legal, you're going to go over to YoDelta.com and stock up on Delta 8. What's Delta 8? Well, unsure, you know, jury's out, but it's found in hemp and can be legally shipped to various states and get you high. At YoDelta.com, you can find a mix of gummies and vapes for all your getting stone needs. I can tell you that Delta 8 works. I can tell you anything, so why don't you use it for yourself? Of course, these products should be taken responsibly. Once more, that's YoDelta.com, the official Delta 8 sponsor of the Gas Digital Network. And if you use promo code GAS, G-A-S, you're going to get 25% off. Once more, that's promo code GAS, G-A-S, for 25% off. YoDelta, home of the Delta 8 that will get you super high. Now, back to Without a Country. Have you ever like have you ever seen a conspiracy theater a th- a theory of who killed Jeffrey Epstein? I mean obviously someone within the prison but like who hired the person in the prison? Clinton Camp? I mean look, I'm not going to say that name because I like seeing my daughter every morning. Oh my god, they're not listening to Without a Country oh, podcast. I really don't think they're scrolling at all. They definitely have Crawlers, but you're going across the internet looking for any mention of the family name at all times. Well, so then Just don't. For a list they so have. well, then so then so don't put it in the episode description. They're not listening to the full fucking content. Um, let's see. Uh, Epstein, who killed himself in a New York City jail cell in 2019 as he faced multiple sex trafficking charges, has been the subject of internet conspiracy theories, which the documents released have done little, if anything, to justify. The documents do include celebrity names and known figures, and although they provide few new details, Jufre's lawyer said they help to widen the public's understanding of Epstein's alleged sex trafficking scheme and give greater context to the elite circles and control he exerted over vulnerable young females. In 2022, Jufre also settled a high-profile lawsuit out of court against Andrew, who said he has no recollection of ever having met her again. Maxwell is serving a 20-year prison sentence after being convicted by a jury in 2021 on five federal sex trafficking charges. She is currently appealing her conviction and in the documents accused Jufre of being an awful fin- fantastist. Like, I mean, I know what it, like, what it means, but honey, is it fantastist? Fantasist? Fantasist? Fantasist. Yeah, that would be it. I was like, I obviously as someone who makes up a reality but i was like how do we say this well another another well so we we can go to you to how to pronounce the words but never no but that no that's right you you steered me wrong so many times before now i don't believe you all right well make a list guys take a shot uh, uh, uh. <laughs> natalie's claiming broken clock rules but i don't think so i think i nail them more than you give me credit you for. really don't you've and you're also so good at convincing me that you're absolutely right you should you should take over the mac g scam because you could be loaded right now yeah i am just a a a dude who knows how a i know how podcast pre-interviews work b i'm confident enough to sell bullshit i know this i think this is your new thing let's let's send little aura to palm beach university Why you my daughter's dumb enough to pick up student loan debt? Student loan debt? No, huh? 
You, oh, you said she's going full scholarship to Palm Beach University. Is that was was that the implication there? Nah, the implication is I'm gonna I'm gonna make her a TikTok star before she turns 16 and never have to worry about any of this stuff. Oh my God! Speaking of sex trafficking, that's worse. Um, all right, so let's see. Next uh, is from Fox News because basically for this one I'm doing for the main story I'm doing three pieces. I'm doing liberal conservative conservative and then. Looney, um, which is from InfoWars. <laughs> Looney or for, far right, however you want to look at it, depending on uh, what your views are. So this is from Fox News. Final Jeffrey Epstein files released looming uh, as court reposts stricken island photographs. Unsealed Epstein documents have not included the highly anticipated client list. Yeah, which is what I was like fucking looking for. God damn it. How many times do I have to put in my own my email address on this thing? I already put my email address in here. Oh, wait, sorry. Can I Sorry guys, it's just a fuck I got to log into my Fox News account, which I thought I was already logged into. Mm. You can't pull this up, Mike, or no? Damn it. I've noticed they started doing a lot, like putting a lot more things in your way if you're not paying them money to get in. Well, to be fair, I mean, for years on this show, we were using. Um, yeah, I know. thought you still had that thing. No, no, no. I meant we we were using like uh, uh, New York Times and they were behind a paywall. And it's like Fox was like, all right, dude, 2023 elections coming up. You guys can pay us, too, if you can pay them. Jesus. Um. Now I have to get back to the article. This is good. This is good um, air. Um, okay, scroll up, please. Uh, no, the other. W- uh, about seven more Jeffrey Epstein documents are still expected to be unsealed uh, Tuesday, nearly a week after a federal judge in New York ordered the unmasking of dozens of Jane and John Doe's connected to the disgraced financier and sex trafficker. The court also reposted a stricken document containing images of young women and girls with Epstein and his convicted accomplice, Ghislaine Maxwell, on his private island a day after having them pulled from the public docket due to redaction errors. The clerk of the court is directed to strike docket entry 1332-7 in the above captioned case because it contains inadvertently disclosed images that should have been redacted, Judge Loretta Preska wrote in a Monday evening order. Counsel shall refile the stricken uh, document as soon as possible. The photos, according to the court filing, show Epstein accuser Sarah Ransom, the model turned pilot Nadia Marcinkova, Maxwell Epstein, and various females on Little St. James Island in 2006. Scroll up. One image also shows Jean Luc Brunel a big name in the French modeling world who, like Epstein, died in jail, awaiting trial on sex trafficking charges. The documents were previously sealed or redacted as part of a 2015 lawsuit between Epstein victim Virginia Dufre and Maxwell, the disgraced financier's longtime girlfriend and madam who was convicted in federal court for her role helping lure girls and young women into his orbit. They have revealed previously redacted names but have not included a highly anticipated client list or implicated any new figures in Epstein's high-rolling trafficking operation. 
Epstein surrounded himself with masseuses, in quotes, but the term massage within Epstein's sphere of influence was a code word for sex, according to Ransom, one of his victims who claims, uh, whose claims have been called into question after do- the documents revealed she made explosive unsubstantiated allegations against prominent men like former presidents uh, Clinton and Trump, but later retracted them. Ransom, however, provided the photographs which place Maxwell on Epstein's little St. James Island during a period of time when she claimed under oath that she was, quote, hardly around. Preska ordered the documents unsealing in December, but gave each of the John and Jane Doe's two weeks to appeal. Lawyers for Jufrey posted the first 191 unsealed files last week out of an estimated 240 and another 17 late Monday morning. Uh, today, a spokesperson for Jufrey's team told Fox News Digital that the final number of documents had been reduced to about 215. Jufrey's lawyers have unsealed documents in batches of dozens at a time. Epstein had many high-profile connections, including the former U.S. presidents, foreign prime ministers, and Britain's Prince Andrew, again, whose name appears dozens of times in the unsealed documents, as well as Hollywood stars, leading academics, people in the modeling and fashion industries, and other public figures. Some of the names were previously known through other means, despite having been withheld from the public's eye in the lawsuit. Many of the names belong to people who have not been accused of wrongdoing, including Clinton and Trump. Some names will remain sealed for various reasons, including names of some of Epstein's underage victims and at least one person who the judge said had been falsely identified. The judge is also expected to decide on whether to release the identities of two does in the lawsuit who have requested to remain unnamed. In a separate criminal case, Maxwell was sentenced to 20 years behind bars for sex trafficking Epstein's victims. She is a appealing that conviction and has declined to comment on the document dump. Epstein died in federal custody in 2019. A Justice Department investigation accused the U.S. Bureau of Prisons of negligence in allowing him to commit suicide behind bars, depriving, quote, his numerous victims, many of whom were underage girls at the time of the alleged crimes, of their ability to seek justice through the criminal justice process. Maxwell has said she believes he was killed. All right. And then the looniest um, take on it, Epstein, this is from InfoWars, Epstein documents being weaponized by MSM, mainstream media, to push anti-Trump narrative. Alex Jones explains, (laughs) oh, this is a video. Alex Jones explains how the establishment media is misrepresenting portions of the Epstein-related court documents being released this week in order to falsely paint presidential frontrunner Donald Trump as some sort of an accomplice to the deceased pedophile. Now, can we watch this or is this going to fuck us up with Instagram? I mean, with uh, YouTube. I mean, I'm here's the thing. Alex Jones has been kicked off youtube so many times that yeah i uh i personally would not like to play right okay uh, his video all right well that's that's they mean they summarized it but basically so Infowars is is suggesting as they often do that this this whole thing i guess um so but it's it's just interesting because it's like 
Yes, Trump has been brought up numerous times, but so has Clinton, a Democrat. And so have, you know, the Obamas had had been mentioned at points. Like, it's not like for these specific Epstein documents that it is specifically Trump who is being targeted. Like, I don't feel that at all. And like, believe me, sometimes I do feel like people are like obsessed with Donald Trump. It just doesn't seem so. Like, not enough people really like like him anymore. Although, I mean, he still has a very high chance of winning the election for sure if he doesn't if he's allowed in this document dump though the only things like the 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 big two talking points i heard was you know trump's name was mentioned twice sure and those mentions are uh that epstein had a, a plane needed to refuel so they spent a night at a trump casino mm-hmm. um and the other one was that he went to uh epstein's place in florida mm-hmm. uh nothing about little saint james island so uh, for Trump to be brought up at all as like, oh, Trump's name is in these documents. It's like but that's, I mean, twice that's, in 1,500 pages. But what that, are we talking about? But that's also the same as like someone like Cameron Diaz, you know, that she has to make a, a, a statement about it. Uh, it makes perfect sense that someone like Jeffrey Epstein uh, would know Donald Trump. They're, you know, they're both in the business of making money. That makes sense to me. Um Yeah, but I also like Trump's, uh, the way Trump distanced himself from it mm-hmm. when it's like, these are two egotistical rich guys in South Florida and Epstein got the play like the play Epstein's place in Palm Beach. Trump like tried to buy that for years mm-hmm. and they wouldn't sell it to him. So when Epstein got it, he was like, Yeah, I'm writing that guy out of my life. I hate him. <laughs> Damn. So it's like, I don't know, dude. But pettiness in this one case, I think, might exonerate him. Right, 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 right. Yeah, and then this Cameron Diaz thing, the fa- the fact that like she like even is like I feel like it was like not a good move by like whoever her PR team that she even kind of acknowledged it because I don't think most people would even have really known that she was mentioned. And now there she's kind of like the one name that sticks out as far as celebrities that we wouldn't expect to see on the list that we or we wouldn't expect to see mentioned that we saw mentioned um, in relationship to Jeffrey Epstein. Like, I think this was a misstep from her team. Because it's like, you know, for you go to E! News, it says Cameron Diaz speaks out after being mentioned in Jeffrey Epstein uh, documents. Cameron Diaz had no connection to late convicted pedophile Jeffrey Epstein, despite being mentioned by one of his former accusers of sexual abuse in newly unsealed court documents. The actress's representatives say in the documents, as seen on page six, Joanna so. Schoberg uh, alleged in a deposition that the late financier spoke about his ties to several celebrities, noting that he engaged in name dropping. She was asked if she met Diaz and she responded no. Cameron never met Jeffrey Epstein, nor was she ever in the same place as him. There we go again. Or had any association with him whatsoever, the actress's representative said in a statement to multiple outlets, regardless of the fact that he may or may not have mentioned her name or implied that he knew her um let's see this is all the same stuff we kind of just read yeah so it's just like to even make that statement it seems like why because now that's all over like i would have never even have noticed that there was any mention of uh cameron diaz maybe she needed a little bump little bump 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 all right moving on uh i thought it was about time to do a gaza uh update mostly because this uh i don't know this thing happened on guys we fucked that greatly pissed me off apparently someone like commented uh or dm'd christina about you know her quote silence on the issue 
And so we, she brought it up on guys we fucked and, um, which is obviously totally fine, but, uh, it just like personally pissed me off that there are claims floating around the internet that, you know, we, the guys we fuck girls have not talked about, uh, Israel and Palestine, um, and you'll hear me, I, I, like, I lose my shit a little bit when that is brought up on the episode because I have done hours of research and presented hours of content on Gaza and Palestine on this show. Um, and uh, so I got very angry um, about that, but I'm fine. Here we are. Everything's okay. Um, I just don't like when people, you know, say things that are literally not true. That bothers me a lot. Um bothers me a lot also these same people commenting we're like it's been over 100 days it hasn't so please if you're gonna be fucking snarky get your and 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 standing on your pedestal and and saying what we should all be talking about and how how much we suck please get your days right because it's not been over 100 days it's day 94 today okay so get your fucking facts straight um al jazeera again just i i all i ask is that you that you make a commitment to seeking the truth um before you wag a finger and say how much better you are and tell everyone else what they should be speaking about this is from al jazeera I liked this piece because it was just kind of a rundown of the key events and they're doing it day by day. I think it's a great place. Uh, it is no secret that the uh, major news sources in America, based on how much money uh, America has given to Israel, are pro-Israel. So again, if you're seeking a uh, an unbiased look at what is happening, you have to look at many uh, pieces of media to do so. And Al Jazeera is a little bit on the other side. So again, I, I read Al Jazeera. I'll look at the New York Times. I'll look at Free Press. I'll read op-eds by people who know more about it than me. Uh, son of Al Jazeera journalist was killed by an Israeli missile and Al-Aqsa Hospital was evacuated. Here's the latest. So the latest updates. And again, this is um, this is as of, uh, well, this is the Monday update. I guess they didn't hadn't done a Tuesday update yet, which so that te- would technically be day 95 tuesdays day 95 i don't know the um I, off the top of my head's the time difference between uh israel gaza and uh, america though um let's see uh al-aqsa martyrs hospital in central gaza was partially evacuated as a result of increasing israeli military activity the who chief uh, world health organization chief tedros uh, adaman gebrisas posted on x on sunday that about 600 patients and medical staff were forced to leave and their location is unknown israeli prime minister uh, benjamin netanyahu said his government is grappling with a plague of leaks and proposed that ministers who attend security meetings should undergo a polygraph test that's a wild. Um, there are rising divisions within the Israeli government. Three ministers from the National Unity Party, including Benny Gantz, have boycotted a meeting, Al Jazeera's Hamda Salhut reported. Israel has signaled... And this is a a headline I saw a lot of places. Israel has signaled that it is ready to end its bombardment of northern Gaza, saying it has, quote, dismantled Hamas in that part of the Gaza Strip. I would say they did more than that. They would say they just 
dismantled the Gaza Strip. Um, however, intense military operations look set to continue in the rest of the enclave. Uh, the World Health Organization canceled a mission to northern Gaza's Al-Alda Hospital for the fourth time since December 26th after the U.N. agency failed to receive security guarantees. Uh, as many as 73 Palestinian people were killed, and this is just on this day 94 that we're talking about, and 99 wounded in attacks by Israel on Gaza over the past 24 hours, according to Gaza's health ministry. Palestinian media reported that at least eight people were killed after an Israeli air attack hit a house in the city of Deir el-Bala in central Gaza. Hamza Dadu, the eldest son of Al Jazeera's Gaza bureau chief, Wael Dadu, was killed by an Israeli missile attack on a vehicle in Khan Yunus. Journalist Mustafa Thuraya was also killed in the attack. The missile hit the vehicle near Al uh, Mawasi, a supposedly safe area towards the southwest. UN Relief and Works Agency said on Sunday that 142 of its employees have been killed by ongoing Israeli air raids on Gaza since the war broke out on October 7th. A large group of people gathered outside the U.S. Embassy in Stockholm on Sunday to protest against Israel's ongoing attacks on Gaza. In a diplomatic visit to the Middle East, U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken met leaders from Qatar and Jordan. The Jordan Foreign Ministry said in a statement that it has agreed with the U.S. on rejecting the forced displacement of Palestinians from the Gaza Strip, a proposal repeatedly laid out by Israeli ministers uh, Bezel Smotrich and Itamar Ben-Gavir. Uh, former UNRWA spokesperson Chris Gunnis told Al Jazeera that an international court of justice IJC, ICJ decision could put huge pressure on the Americans to bring about a proper ceasefire as Israel and South Africa head to The Hague later this week. Hamas official Sami Abu Zuri criticized Arab and Islamic countries, which have not yet expressed official support for South Africa's call for genocide proceedings against Israel at the ICJ. German Foreign Minister Annalena Baerbeck arrived in Israel on Sunday for meetings with Israeli uh, President Isaac Herzog and Foreign Minister Israel Katz. And regarding the West Bank raids, there are reports of ongoing raids in Bethlehem's Deheshe camp, Arub camp, north of Hebron, Dura and Yatta, south of Hebron and Kabbalan, north of Nepal. Nablus. Uh, Al Jazeera Arabic col uh, colleagues have reported that Israeli forces arrested a doctor and a nurse as they raided several locations in the adjacent cities of Ramallah and Albira in the occupied West Bank on Sunday night. An Israeli settler attack on Sunday injured a man in the northern Jordan Valley region, just northeast of the occupied West Bank, local sources told Palestinian news agency Wafa. So again, that li that list, and again, if you're interested, um, I think for an ongoing war, an ongoing slaughter, genocide, whatever you want to call it, um, I think that uh, this kind of like list is a lot easier way to consume it. So it seems like this is something that Al Jazeera is doing every day. But again, you can't like in something that is this polarizing, especially I would say this is the time to really take into account that you cannot 
just be taking in a singular news source, especially singular news sources where it's clear politically and socially where they stand, right? So like I like this um, because of the list aspect, but you know, I have to take in other sources because you know who Al Jazeera is rooting for. Not that we should be rooting for anyone. I'm rooting for everyone to stop dying. That's what I'm rooting for. Um, but I don't see really foresee that happening um, since it hasn't happened in decades and decades and decades. Um, all right. So that's the update on that. And then this is a New York story. Um which I feel like is semi-related. Uh, from the this is from the New York Post. Inside the mysterious fifty-foot-long tunnel beneath a Brooklyn synagogue that sparked a riot. Uh, so it says video reveals the inside of a bizarre tunnel built by a group of young Hasidic Jewish men underneath a historic Brooklyn synagogue. The footage posted on crownheights.info's Instagram leads viewers downstairs and through hallways to a dirt-filled room where a roughly two-foot by two-foot grate has been removed from the wall of the building, which is adjacent to the Chabad Lubavitch World Headquarters in Crown Heights. The videographer then crawls through the hole, which leads to a three-foot-high dirt tunnel that reportedly extends about 50 feet and around two corners to the headquarters location of its shuttered men's ritual bath. Photos shared on crownheights.info's website show a beer can on the side of the tunnel and an electrical wire hanging. You know, this is this is their um, uh, rumspringer. This is like, that's what this is. This is Hasidic rumspringer, but they uh, don't have the opportunity to do it, so they have to do it in a tunnel, I suppose. Uh, photos shared on uh, in, in the adjacent buildings, dirt-filled room, clothes, and other items can be seen scattered around, apparently left by the renegade diggers of the Chabad Lubavitch movement. The alleged rogue members of the movement advanced by the late rabbi uh, Menachem Mendel Schneerson had reportedly been digging the tunnel under the 100-year-old synagogue for nearly a year. The tunnel apparently was designed to reach the abandoned men's mikvah or ritual bath around the corner to expand the synagogue, according to the Jewish outlet Forward. The underground pathway was not discovered until last month when neighbors reported suspicious noises coming from beneath their homes, Israel National News reported. Some time ago, a group of extremist students broke through a few walls in adjacent properties to the synagogue at 784-788 Eastern Parkway to provide them unauthorized access, Rabbi Mati Seligson, a spokesman for Chabad Lubavitch, said in an emailed statement to the Post. Earlier today, a cement truck was brought in to repair those walls. Those efforts were disrupted by the extremists who broke through the wall to the synagogue, vandalizing the sanctuary in an effort to preserve their unauthorized access. They have since been arrested and the building closed pending a structural safety review. Lubavitch officials have attempted to gain proper control of the premises through the New York state court system. Unfortunately, despite consistently prevailing in court, 
The process has dragged on for years, Seligson said. This is obviously deeply distressing to the Lubavitch movement and the Jewish community worldwide. We hope and pray to be able to expeditiously restore the sanctity and decorum of this holy place. Another statement from the headquarters added that the group of young agitators were primarily in the U.S. on student visas. These individuals have been squatting in the synagogue and attempted to take control by demolishing walls to connect the basement to the adjacent building intending to expand the sanctuary it said steps are being taken uh, to revoke their student visas and repatriate them to their countries of origin after the tunnel's discovery the synagogue leadership called in structural engineers to assess the building damage and on monday cement mixers arrived to fill it in sparking a riot the group of renegade orthodox jewish men thought to be mostly in their teens and early 20s were filmed tearing down wood panels and wooden support beams as they desperately tried to get into their tunnel other footage from the temple on Eastern Parkway showed cops trying to hold back dozens of Hasidic Jewish men as they pushed their way into the 20-foot-wide enclosure, toppling over wooden pews in their, in, ang in their anger. At least a dozen men were taken into custody, sources told the Post. Ten received criminal misdemeanor charges. Another was charged with obstructing governmental administration, while one other received a summons for disorderly conduct, sources said. No injuries were reported in the brawl. The clash involves the headquarters and former home of Schneerson, a site that has been at the center of previous controversies. A violent incident in 2004 over a plaque outside the building led to a lawsuit over who was the proper owner. And in 2006, a New York court gave control of the building to the Ag uh, Agudath um, Hasidi Chabad. Wow. You know, I, I just feel like in this during this time, Jews, we got to lay low. We got to let, what are we doing? This is not the time to cause a riot over your, over your fuck tunnel or whatever the hell is happening down there. What's lower than a tunnel? Huh? They're laying low. Oh, that, no. Don't even ever turn the mic on for a joke like that. Do you have any other thoughts on the tunnel since this was, some, this was something that you were very interested in? Oh, yeah. I'm fired up. I mean, come on. But why? I mean, I think that's like, listen, obviously it's going to like make the news, but like, it is their rumspringer, right? Like that's that is that is right. Like they're they're not trying to extend. Like when they say when they say they're trying to like extend the sanctuary, they're trying to have a secret place where they can do things that are frowned upon by the Jewish community. Correct? Yeah. Well, uh, maybe I don't know. I the way I took it was the uh... the beer can to me and the electrical. So like so like when they when it you know from Friday night. Uh, to Saturday night when they want to use electricity. That's why the electrical wire to me was there and the beer is just there because you're not really supposed to be drinking anyway. Mm. What did you think it was? I, I, all right. When I saw it, I was like, these people did not agree with the COVID restrictions that were unfairly placed on religious bodies and they did something about it. So you're saying they they were they were still accessing their synagogue via tunnel so that, I mean, they, they that that to me is like, if you want to uh, go to synagogue that badly, just go. Right, but they they were not I, allowed no, no, to. No, I, no, 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 no. I know. Well, I, it was interesting because I had a taxi ride um, in which my driver was—I don't know if he was a Sidic, but he was very super Jewish—and he was saying how at his place of worship that one of the rich members literally just paid the fine. Um, to keep worshiping during the high holidays. 
And it was like a ten or twenty thousand dollar fine, and he just like he was just like, "We're not leaving, so I'll just pay the fine now." And everyone was like, "All right," and that's what happened. So I mean, like, yes, I mean, there were definitely certain communities, some of them perhaps religious, that were absolutely not engaging. But these are people who kind of uh, their religion prohibits them from getting, you know, many vaccines, and they don't believe in a lot of the things that are happening in I don't know mainstream health. Let's call it. Well, I'm just like I, I'm. I'm strictly remembering like a, a Tucker Carlson piece, like at the very height of uh, of the lockdowns, where he was like sure. pointing out that you know liquor stores are still open, and, yeah, and you know, you oh, can... it was very selective, right? And yes. it was he was he yeah, that was like he was just making a big stink about how people can't go worship, but they can go get booze, and it's like, all right, Tucker, take it easy, but well, but it also seems, but it also seems like okay, it's like you can't buy. Uh, well, I mean, I guess you can buy liquor online. You, you definitely can worship via Zoom. So that's not hard at all. It's just not the same sense of community, congregation. Yeah, I mean, but if I mean, anything, that, that's kind of what you weren't allowed to do, though. You want to talk about a group who believes in community and congregation over anyone? It's the people who have a uniform mm-hmm. to just go out in the world. The people who have a uniform, you're talking about Hasidic Jews? Yeah. Those guys are all like, dude, they're same team. They same team it up. Mm-hmm. Okay. They, and you're going to say that they can't go and worship wherever they want to? It's like, forget your fines. We'll build. We'll get some shovels. Well, they don't really fraternize with anyone else anyway. So it's like, I don't know that that, you know, if it, if it was a super spreader event, it would only be super spreading among them. Like they, you're not even like they can't even like touch an unmarried woman right and there was well i do remember during the height of the pandemic there was like like, uh something was called like a super spreader event that was just you know a a big orthodox community like you know meeting up for one of the high holidays and it's like you can tell these guys they can't there's ten thousand of them yeah try and stop them well but it all all, but it also seems like you know if people did start to get sick from that community that they would be immediately the ones to first to stop it because they don't want to lose any members of their community for sure. They don't yeah. want them dying off. But I mean that was that was my first thought when I when I heard about the tunnel. The idea of it being like a, a you know, a Jewish social club where wayward young men can go and smoke cigarettes and play dominoes, that mm, Brooklyn's back baby. Yeah, well, I'm, I I took another piece uh, from a, an article from Rolling Stone about this, and it said it says the story went viral because it was objectively bizarre. A small sect of Hasidic Jews had built an elaborate system of underground tunnels beneath the streets of Brooklyn for no immediately clear reason, but it also sparked an onslaught of anti-Semitic conspiracy theories. Of course, with some, especially with the Times, with some well-known far-right personalities suggesting the tunnels were being used for nefarious trafficking purposes. I don't. Think that's so playing into notorious anti Jewish tropes or drawing comparisons to tunnels made by the terrorist group Hamas, referring to them as Jewish tunnels or Zionist tunnels. Okay, but the tunnels don't lead to Israel. Secret underground tunnels, blood soaked mattresses, baby strollers, getting real strong Simon of Trent vibes here, one influencer wrote, referring to a dangerous anti Semitic blood libel conspiracy theory from the Middle Ages involving the murder of a Christian child that resulted in 15 members of the Jewish community being burned at the stake. 
That post has racked up more than 1.2 million views on Twitter, including 3,000 retweets. Yeah, I'm not uh, fucking surprised. In a statement, Jonathan Greenblatt, the director of the Anti-Defamation League, which fights anti-Semitism worldwide, tells Rolling Stone he finds the spread of such posts, which echo centuries-old anti-Semitic conspiracy theories, incredibly concerning. It's deeply troubling that anyone would use this incident, which the Chabad movement at large has strongly condemned, to draw inappropriate and false comparisons to Hamas tunnels in Gaza or propagate age-old anti-Semitic conspiracy theories. I mean, yeah, this is like this is like going into like throw the Jew down the well Borat territory, such as Jews are involved in human trafficking or organ harvesting. I got to be honest, like, yes, I'm sure some people who are involved in human trafficking, Jeffrey Epstein, are Jewish, but like, it's not the Jewish that you're leading with. It's the Hollywood that you're leading with, right? Like Jews as a people, human trafficking and organ harvesting, that's not really what we're known for. Too much work, not enough money. Um, In reality... The explanation for the tunnels was at least somewhat more quotidian. The tunnels were the result of an ongoing dispute between the Chabad Lubavitch community and a more extremist splinter sect, which had long been embroiled in turmoil over ownership of the building housing the headquarters. Uh, Members of the splinter group believe that Rabbi Menachem Schneerson, who led the Chabad Lubavitch movement before his death at age 92 in 1994, is the Messiah, a claim that the mainstream Chabad movement rejects. So again, just all this wild stuff happening, and it's all over religion. Mm, 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 mm. Religion and territory and who is right and who is king and who is God and who is Lord and who owns what. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. This is rough. This is interesting though. Um, When the Chabad discovered the existence of the tunnels last December, according to the Jewish publication, The Forward, it ordered a cement truck to fill them. Yes, yes, yes. So this is the dispute. Huh. On Twitter, however, the story took off with verified accounts known for pushing misinformation. Well, verified accounts on, accounts on Twitter don't mean anything anymore, you know, such as that of the QAnon conspiracy theorist Stu Peters, who has more than 520,000 followers, and far right wing figure Dom Lecrae. Uh, who has almost a million, using the story to promote hatred towards Jewish people. In one tweet, Lecrae referred to the network as the Jewish tunnels. He also posted a clip of Oprah Winfrey interviewing a Jewish survivor of, quote, satanic ritualistic sex abuse while referring to a stained bed mattress apparently visible in the tunnels footage and alluding to other Jewish families around the country that engage in the same acts. That post has more than 9,000 reshares. Mike Rothschild, the author of the book Jewish Space Lasers, The Rothschilds and 200 Years of Conspiracy Theories, no relation to the famous family, says the onslaught of anti-Semitic conspiracy theories about the tunnels was particularly concerning in light of a dramatic spike in misinformation on Twitter since its 2022 acquisition by Elon Musk, which is true. I mean, people have really, really gone crazy on there. And you can say at this point, literally whatever you want. And even when you report it, like no. Nothing happens to these people. I mean, not to name names, but Owen Benjamin, who is like a comedian who used to be relatively normal and relatively funny. He was actually engaged to Christina Ricci, um, had been very kind to me. I opened for him a couple times early in my career. And this is what I'm talking about when it's like just because you know someone evil doesn't necessarily mean that you like knew what they were capable of. or And you certainly don't know 
Like, you don't know what the trajectory of someone's career is going to be. So it's like when I knew him, he was like a regular fucking guy doing movies with Christina Ricci. And now if you go on every single tweet of his has something anti-Semitic in it. It is fucking wild. And you report it and nothing happens to it. And he has a really good amount of followers, right? He's been banned from every other social media platform except for Twitter. Um, yeah, so a spike in misinformation on X since its 2022 acquisition by Elon Musk, which resulted in the gutting of its trust and safety team. If there are two things that modern conspiracy theories obsess over, it's Jewish people that's for sure. And secret tunnels. Another fun one. Rothschild tells Rolling Stone. So obviously Jewish people digging secret tunnels is going to set off alarms for people. And in a time when many people already want more reasons to be mad at Jewish people. I get it. But again, Israeli and Jewish not interchangeable. OK, um, even if the and certainly people who live in Israel or Zionists, you know, these are all different groups of people. And sometimes there's overlap, but oftentimes there's not, which is the real problem with the anti-Semitism. It's just like this is not even like correct. Right. Um, even if the purpose of the tunnels turns out to be completely uh, anodyne, the damage these theories do isn't limited to the Chabad community, though. It casts all Jewish people as exactly. It casts all Jewish people as shifty, secretive and clannish, doing strange things under cover uh, of darkness for unknown purposes. It's so funny because like Jew, like when I think about Jewish people, like I don't think about I don't think of mysterious people, yet there are, there's all this mystery surrounding Jewish people. And I, I can't give you an example of a person who is less mysterious than a Jew. <laughs> Not mysterious. Loud. Loud. Um, all right. Let's close these out. What's our time looking like? Underground Jew tunnels. All right. I wanted to move over and move on to a couple other ones that I pieced together for this week. I do have uh, Corinne Fisher's party topic of the week. This was a very interesting one um, that I learned about actually via a customer at Perfectly Centered, 1989 Palmer Avenue, Larchmont, New York. Um, if for all your sports cards needs... Uh, but this is about how many times in they in recent times, not anymore mostly, but in veterinary uh, school, they test on uh, beagles, like they do fake operations on beagles or real operations, but n that they don't necessarily need on beagles, and then they kill them. So, like to become a veterinarian, you you need to kill a dog. Be I mean, it's not that it's not that direct, but basically that's what's happening. Uh, that is what happened what's happening um this is a really wrong long report on it that i pulled i want to see if i can get something a little bit of shorter um but yeah basically so it's animal use in veterinary education i took it from uh veterinarian um it says historically and still contemporaneously in many veterinary schools 
terminal use of animals to teach surgical and less often clinical procedures such as resuscitation is commonplace. Terminal use means that the animals are killed at the completion of the educational task. So the same as like when you, you were in school, you got, you know, you dissected a frog. Those frogs were dead the, the whole time. Um, and believe me, did Corinne have a fight with her fucking anatomy teacher over that? Uh, or tasks in this, uh, in the case of multiple survival procedures. You know what also pissed me off about my fucking anatomy teacher? That I had a true ethical problem with it. But I think this guy thought I was like, obviously he wasn't familiar with me. Um, um, he thought I was trying to be like lazy and get out of dissecting the frog. Um, and that's why I was like bringing up faux ethical problems with it. And I was like, no, I have a fucking problem that they murdered a bunch of frogs and then shipped them to us. And we're going to learn absolutely nothing from this. And, I have, and when you're like di- dissecting a frog, it doesn't tell you anything about anything except a fucking frog. It is the most useless waste of life that I've ever seen in my entire fucking existence um, under the guise of, quote, education. It taught me jack shit, except for that people are stupid and think about stupid things and make up stupid ideas. Uh, by the mid-1980s, however, there was a growing, uh, growing societal appreciation of animals as beings with moral status and interests worthy of protection. Uh, a survey of veterinary schools across the United States and Canada indicated considerable change in the traditional reliance on terminal um, l- laboratories to teach veterinary surgery with increasing use of cadavers and inanimate models. Nevertheless, 27% of veterinary schools were still killing animals uh, before recovery from anesthesia, with 69% using terminal exercises in small animals and 20% using them in large animals. So like small animals, meaning like mice and stuff, but still many schools using them in, um, you know, uh, on dogs, cats, specifically when, when when we're talking about dogs, we're usually talking about beetles, uh, beagles, again, because of their personality. Um, the same as when we're talking about animal testing on dogs, it's basically always beagles. Um, within the United States, although invasive procedures and terminal surgeries continued in most schools the majority were offering alternatives by 2004 but like my realization this week was just how recently historically um we were using terminal methods on animals in veterinarian school and that to me that just like didn't make sense obviously like the reason it changed was because many of uh the veterinarians or people practicing to become veterinarians had an ethical issue with that you don't mostly don't get into uh, being a veterinarian because you hate animals. You get into being a ver- veterinarian because you love animals. But this was just something that I had never even heard about before. And it's amazing how uh, pretty much every week something ha- horrific that I've never even once heard mentioned can be unearthed via conversation and simple Googling on the internet. Again, this was from a customer at my store who um, his ex-wife uh, is a veterinarian. So that's how he knew firsthand, uh, well, secondhand about this process. Uh, in recent years, the replacement of terminal animal use within veterinary uh, surgical training has been gaining pace. Veterinary schools that have eliminated such animal use include the School of Veterinary Medicine at Tufts University, the first veterinary school in the United States to eliminate all terminal procedures in all species, the University of Pennsylvania, Michigan State University, the Ohio State University, the University of California, uh, Davis, and in 2020, 
Tuskegee University. In 2021, the College of Veterinary Medicine at Colorado State University has begun developing a roadmap to move the school away, again, 2020, to a roadmap to move the school away from the use of terminal procedures for teaching and replacing that uh, component with activities of equal or greater educational value by using models, cadavers, virtual reality, and supervised surgical experiences on live animals in real-life settings, such as in spay-neuter clinics. Established in 1998, the Western University College of Veterinary Medicine is one of the most recent U.S. veterinary schools. It promises students an opportunity to learn how to heal animals without harming them for educational purposes. This is our guiding reverence for our life philosophy, uh, Western University of Health Sciences 2020. However, most U.S. and international veterinary schools still harm and kill animals for teaching purposes today, which is crazy because I was thinking like, why, like, like, I know it has to be uniform, right? Because my, my thought is like, why not take strays or like um, uh, animals that are in shelters and not practice on them, but find out what actual procedure they need. Many of them are sick and it could be a free of charge way to, you know, uh, help many street animals or rescues or strays. Uh, again, so that seemed like a good idea, but it does have to be uniform. I, I understand that it has to be uniform before they start, you know, cutting into our uh, domestic pets, but it just seems like this was a, this was a absolutely wild uh, thing to learn this week. So uh, bring it up at a party and we'll keep tracking it. Uh, I know we, I know now that many veterinarians and vet techs listen to the show. So if you want to share, and I won't, I could share your name. I could not share your name. If you could share your story about whether or not you uh, practiced on an animal that was then euthanized uh, when you had a train to be a veterinarian, uh, what you think is a, possible solution to this do you think you know you ha you you have to practice on a live animal i would assume you have to practice on a live animal before you're like you know in your office practicing on people's pets like that makes sense to me but it's it's the why are we doing things where the animal has to be euthanized like if the surgery goes well like shouldn't everything be fine obviously sometimes animals are going to die accidentally but um seems like there's a lot of animals dying for educational purposes and you know, like for if anyone had the anatomy class where they killed the or, or they dissected the frog, you know, there was like, first of all, they would always over order. So there was just like a surplus of like frog carcasses getting thrown in the garbage at Union High School. Just like what an absolute just my whole my whole life is just like, why is this happening? You know? All right. And we're going to close out this show today with a domestic violence story. We haven't done that in a while because there's been so many things happening in the world. Uh, this is from Wacko Kate. Um and this is a story I had seen, but a lot of people brought it to my attention. Uh, it's an Australian story, actually, not an American story. But just because of so many people uh, wanted to hear about it, I will be sharing it. This first uh, article is from the New York Post. It says, uh, cycling champ Rohan Dennis returns home after being charged in Olympian wife Melissa Hoskins' death. A lot of the problems around this story um, 
were, I mean, obviously that the guy murdered his wife, but more importantly, many times like she was kind of referred to his wife uh, namelessly, even though she herself is an Olympian. Um, and because of his stature and because he is this uh, revered athlete himself, the pictures that were used and the terminology that were used were very flattering. There was one article that kind of states that she was hit by a car and the headline leaves out totally that, yeah, she was hit by a car driven by her husband who was trying to murder her and who did successfully murder her. So Olympian Rohan Dennis has returned to his $1.65 million Adelaide, Australia home after being charged over the death of his wife, fellow former pro cyclist Melissa Hoskins. The 33-year-old allegedly fatally struck Hoskins, 32, with his Volkswagen Amarok Ute near their home in the affluent Adelaide suburb of Mendy on December 30th. Hoskins was taken to the Royal Adelaide Hospital, suffering serious injuries and died hours later. Dennis has been charged by South Australian police with causing death by dangerous driving, uh, driving without due care and endangering life. He was released on bail to appear in the Adelaide Magistrates Court again in March. According to the advertiser, uh, Dennis remained silent while walking from his car to the house and did not respond to questions from reporters about what happened or how the couple's two young children were coping. Are the kids going okay? One reporter asked. Dennis was accompanied by his two young children, uh, returned home today. Dennis was greeted by his parents, Debbie and Brenton Dennis. Soon afterwards, Rohan's brother, Scott, arrived with his wife, Inga, and their baby. It's understood the family was gathering for a meeting. Like, who? what the, What does that meeting look like? The, I, the, the my fucking brother slash son just killed his wife meeting. Uh, when Dennis shared a Christmas wish from our family to yours alongside Hoskins on December 25th to social media, nobody could have predicted the tragedy that would follow just five days later. I think all your Christmas posts are fishy with your happy families, but okay. Uh, Dennis and Hoskins were a golden couple of Australian cycling. She was a dual Olympian who competed at the 2012 London, where the two met, and 2016 Rio Games, as well as a 2015 world champion before her retirement from professional cycling in 2017. And as a reminder, guys, um, the live stream might uh, stop airing. Uh, I'm, I have only a few minutes left in this show, but it, it will be on YouTube and on all the audio episodes. Um, he was a podium finisher at both the London and 2020 Tokyo Olympics, a two-time world champion, and a stage winner in the 2015 Tour de France. Dennis retired from professional racing in 2023, and after years of living between Europe and Australia, the pair were looking forward to a new beginning in the Adelaide Hills with their young family. That all changed Saturday night. Police will allege Hoskins jumped onto the bonnet of the vehicle and reached for a door handle before the car was driven away, and she fell to the ground. It will fur be further alleged the mother of two may have been dragged along the road by the vehicle. Friends of Hoskins, meanwhile, told the advertiser the couple had been planning to make some major changes in their post-retirement lives, including opening their own vineyard in the Adelaide Hills. Dennis had insinuated as much on Instagram, where he frequently shared photos of himself, Hoskins, and their children. 
Slowly but surely, the new project is coming to life, Dennis wrote alongside a photo of a vineyard on September 17th last year. Asked in the comments if the attention intention was for his own label of wine, he responded, that's the goal. Another post from January 9th, 2023 showed Dennis and Hoskins at South Australia's Ashton Hills Vineyard, captioned, the future is looking pretty bright. He again, al- I hate posts like that. He again alluded to the family's new future on August 24th. Did have the little sunglasses guy emoji? I know. And, and then it said hashtag life is good. Um, blessed. Yeah. Hashtag blessed. I, I don't know if you guys know. Mike is chiming in because he is n- notoriously loves to post the most basic bitch posts about his family. His family is lovely. And I do genuinely think they are getting along and having a great time. But if I don't, it, I 100% DM him every time he posts a picture of his fiance and his baby and just writes life is good in the Instagram story. And thank God you are not, you are a producer, not a comic. Otherwise you would absolutely get eviscerated for this kind of content. Look at him. He, you, he, Mike told me, Mike told me not too long ago that those that those life is good shirts and merchandise that he used to look at them as a young person and like really earnestly thought that's that's what I want my life to be like. I can't wait till life is good. I, that's I, what I mean, I, used to think. I I didn't think that anyone actually took that clothing brand seriously or aspired to be like the cartoons on that. But now I finally met you. Well, I wanted to pitch some new hashtags and some new slogans for your life in 2024. I wanted to go with no regrets with a Z, but when, and maybe like a little bear claw, like, wasn't that, wasn't that a, a hot nineties boy outfit? Oh yeah. No, no fear. No fear. That's what I'm talking. Yeah. So I wanted to do like, it, it's kind of like no fear, but it's no regrets for you with a Z. I was thinking no regrets. <laughs> no regrets.org by the way is a marriage counsel uh, coaching and premarital counseling service no regrets.org if you want to look at, look into that ooh oh my god and it's just a couple and they're looking at each other it seems like there are some regrets there i'm going to be honest helps you with grief in marriage oh my god you matter work people do to stay together <sighs> all right Let's see. He again alluded to the family's new future on August 24th, marking his place as a finalist in the Sports Dad of the Year competition. His sport? Driving. Uh, Looking forward to more pictures of me with the kids without bike kit next year, Dennis wrote. Uh, Is bike kit what he calls his wife? Dennis and Hoskins married in February 2018 on what he called, quote, the happiest day of my life. I mean, everyone calls it that. That's not even unique, before welcoming their first child later that year. Their second was born in 2021. Hoskins' death has left family, friends, and the Australian cycle community reeling. In a statement on Tuesday released through Aus Cycling, her father, Peter, said, Amanda, Jess, and families uh, are utterly devastated and still struggling to process what has happened. Not only have we lost a daughter and a sister, her children have lost their mom, a free-willing spirit, a giver with a big heart, patience, and zest for life. She was the rock of their life and ours and we need to honor her memory so they can grow up knowing who she was, what she stood for, and that she gave to everyone whose life she touched. The outpouring of sadness and support has overwhelmed us. In her short life, Melissa has had so many positive touch points in and around the world, um, and her funeral was uh, set uh, in Perth, which was her hometown, with a memorial service in Adelaide to follow. Um and I did pick one more article on this. Uh, 
the CNN who they did an interesting um, headline for this because CNN's headline was two time Olympic cyclist Melissa Hoskins dies age 32 after being hit by a car, which makes it seem like she was, you know, walking or riding her bike and a car hit her accidentally. So I do agree. It's like and I know they can't, you know, in the headline uh Say, you know, say that someone committed a crime until they are proven guilty of committing the crime, even though like people saw this, you still have to, you know, has to be proven in a court of law. I'm guessing if it's the same rules as America. Um, but um, this is, you know, weird. It, it should be, you know, at least say in the headline, like allegedly driven by her also famous athlete husband. Like, it's pretty crazy that this is the wording that they were doing on it. And even from like a monetary standpoint or from a publicity standpoint, the story is a lot more interesting if the the person is hit by a car on purpose. Like that's a much better story. Like if you're just trying to fucking get clicks. I, and so it's just obvious that they were trying to protect this guy. I mean, or I guess some people were on the side of the cops where it seemed like, you know, they were alleging that she threw herself on the car and then somehow died. But like when someone throws you themselves on your car, you know, especially when they're, you know, it's your wife and the mother of your children. I don't think you keep doing that. You keep driving the car. You certainly don't keep driving the car when she's underneath the car and dragging her down the street. Like that's not normal. No matter how angry you are. Um, and then I also, there was a TikTok that was uh, shared about it. That's kind of interesting. I just put that or Instagram reel. I put that at the top of this mic. If you want to click on that and we can end the show with that. You see it? Okay, great. Yeah, this is a TikTok about kind of information and misleading headlines and etc this headline that it was her husband that hit her this is going to be a little lesson in media literacy because this is not journalism the way that the media will very intentionally avoid giving us details or use specific and targeted language in order to protect the reputation of usually white men when they commit domestic violence or just do something criminal at all right i was reminded of this tweet from god himself because you know feels relevant and then i saw this tweet this is visual. Sorry if you're listening. Can you, you can't even make it up. This is one of the very few headlines that even semi alludes to him being guilty. Good job, AU News. You see how the two-time Olympic cyclist Melissa Hoskins is just a wife? Simply reduced to an object of Wish.com Walter White's possession. It's crazy because I literally don't give a fuck about him. Say her name. Her name is Melissa Hodgkins. She had two children. You know, in none of these articles that I read that go on to talk about his achievements, we talk about his known on record anger issues this article is from almost a decade ago does this information not seem relevant to the fact that he hit the mother of his children with a car and then continued to drive until her body fell to the ground as we see a rise in gender-based violence and domestic unalivings i need y'all to pay attention to the language that is used to describe the victims of these crimes we idolize and celebrate men like this i really don't even want to know his fucking name hope you're finally in peace now melissa idea from this headline that it was 
So I, well, while I do, I, I, I do agree that uh, there are certainly headlines that are presented in a way to protect people, many of whom times are famous, rich, white, you know, heterosexual men or men in general. Um, I, my, my favorite part of the TikTok is that she goes, I don't give a fuck about him. Say her name. Her name was Melissa Hodgkins. No, babe. Her name was Melissa Hoskins. So if you're going to make a point, you got to make a point, you know, that, 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 that just tickled me. Um, and then I also wanted to fact check her claim that, uh, you know, like what? What was the claim? Gender was the specifically the terminology she used was gender based violence um, has increased. I was like, you know, we saw that happen uh, during COVID with domestic violence, which I I I don't even know that we can call that gender based violence. Though it's domestic violence because it does include same sex couples. Um, there are some stats floating around that a lot of conservative men like to use that state that the highest domestic violence rates lie in the homes of lesbians. That's like a little bit unsubstantiated. I kind of went down a rabbit hole following that statistic and trying to figure it out. It's it's like based on kind of like one article and one report and one research study. So I don't really think that um, is so certainly not death by domestic violence. Um, I don't know if like they're they're perhaps maybe doing something like including emotional abuse and domestic violence, then I could see lesbian going through the roof because just woman on woman crime, you know? Um, but yeah, I was trying to find the stats about the raised in domestic violence uh, recently. Is your mic, are you trying to talk to me or are you talking to Natalie? No, I was, I was talking to Natalie about something unrelated. Oh, great. Good, good. Thank you. Good producing. It was related, but uh, not, not right for air. Yeah, I'm trying to look at Harvard. The Harvard Gazette is saying the American Journal of Emergency Medicine said that domestic violence cases increased by 25 to 33 percent globally. The commission on but this is all COVID-19 related again, because we're in the start of a new year. Obviously, we don't have stats for this year, but usually like these kind of stats are like almost a year behind. I'm guessing the most recent stat we could probably get is like 2022. What is this from? Again, this is all these are all reports from like right post pandemic 2020. Mm, this is like from a lawyer. I don't know how to do this. Okay. Uh there's it's it it, it is still at a high, still are it says domestic uh violence reports are still high three years after COVID. Um but I just don't I also question um, her statement about it, that it, it's in continuing to increase. So again, fact check the things you hear. Um, but thank you everyone to, for sharing all this information uh, with me and for joining me on today's episode of Without a Country. If you want to see me live, uh, a couple dates coming up on uh, next. Is this next week or two weeks? I think it's in two weeks on Thursday. Uh, January 25th, I am doing a Funny for Fido event at the Cutting Room in New York City. I've been posting the link for that. It's also on Funny for Fido's uh, Instagram um, and Justin Silver's Instagram because that is his nonprofit, but I have joined the board officially. So Funny for Fido, I'll be doing stand-up. It's a really insane lineup. It's me, it's Colin Quinn, Yamanika Saunders, Justin Silver, uh, Usama Siddique, uh, 
bunch of other um, incredible perform Bobby Kelly, a lot of incredible performers. Um, and Alfred, um, I'm pretty sure is going to be there. This is going to be his first charity event. I've been fucking talking to him about it. He's very excited. Uh, the tickets for this event are $200 a pop. That's because it is a charity event. Uh, tickets are always high for that. I understand that is not in everyone's price point. Um, not in most people's price point. But I just wanted to be very transparent about it. I understand it is a high ticket price, but you are getting um, a, a showcase of really, really good comedians. And obviously, all the profit is going for to uh, to rescue dogs. So it is a good event. And funny for Fido, what they do is they divvy what. Uh, last one I went to, Jerry Seinfeld showed up unannounced. So okay, you never well, know. Oh, you never know. But now everyone's going to be so disappointed when someone more famous than the people on the lineup doesn't show up. Thank you, Michael. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, it, it's, uh, it is for a, a, a good cause and 100% of the profits do go to Funny for Fido, which then divvies up uh, the proceeds to other uh, rescues, um, including like Pup Stars, uh, where Alfred is from, I know is involved in this. And then Pipples and Addicts is a great local place that, that uh, Mike over there does some really good work and really takes in dogs that like not everyone is equipped to handle. That's for sure. Um so that is awesome. And then uh, moving forward, February 1st is the next Guys We Fucked Live at the MasterCard Midnight Theater right here in New York City. Tickets are available for that. And February 14th, Valentine's Day, Christina and I are back in Los Angeles headlining the main room at the Comedy Store with Guys We Fucked Live. We haven't done that in fucking years. So buy a ticket to that. That will be a really special night. And then Washington, D.C., I am headlining the D.C. Comedy Loft February 29th through March 2nd with feature Chloe LeBranch. That's going to be a super fun show. Ticket link is up. All the tickets are available via the ticket link in my Instagram bio at Philanthropy Gal. Make sure to give me a follow. Give Without a Country podcast a follow on Instagram. Listen to my other podcast, Guys We Fucked. Come out and see a show. Come to my baseball card store, Perfectly Centered. Uh, and subscribe to our YouTube channel for Without a Country, whether or not that's how you watch the show. Thank you so much for joining us. If you want to email the show, it's withoutacountrypodcast at gmail.com. Other than that, uh, just seek the truth wherever uh, you see information and don't trust everything you hear just because it's in print or uh, on a website or your friend who usually has good information tells you it doesn't mean it is correct. Again, without a country podcast at gmail.com. Stay safe. Go look for Shelly Miscavige. Have a great week. Bye. Bye.